Welcome to the Freedom Fries Podcast. From the timeless Army-Navy rivalry to a passion for pursuing financial freedom through real estate, join Mike and Spiros for real talk about the huge wins and crushing losses of patriots who relentlessly pursue financial freedom. Freedom Fries is focused real estate investing for epic success. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the Freedom Fries Real Estate Podcast. It's your host, Mike Inspiros, uh, back at it again. I know that's my my going saying here, going back at it again with another great podcast. Uh, just a fantastic guest, uh, phenomenal story, really great person. Uh, I'll let Spiros t- tell the people a little bit about who he is and, and what you can expect from this episode. Hey, guys, hey guys. Uh, glad to be here. I, I met Mark in uh, at a conference, at a financial freedom conference earlier this summer. And let me just tell you, he was in a room of, it was actually the pre-dinner to the conference. He was in a room of, uh, I don't know, 60, 70, very high-powered, high-motivation, high-achievement individuals. And when Mark got up in front of the room to talk, everybody stopped talking and everybody looked at Mark. He's one of those people that just, uh, they command attention from you. They don't demand it. He's not like a in your face kind of guy, but he's just one of those people that everybody just naturally gravitates towards and listens to. I'm so excited for all of you to meet meet Mark Payone tonight and and experience the same thing I experienced uh, when I met him. And Mark is also an author. The title of his book is "You Won't Get It Until You Get It." And Mark just talks about such great things from you know from being a you know 20 year Marine Corps officer to uh, being a director of a band to being a jujitsu purple belt to just a, a fantastic life lessons and just really good advice for from for anyone who's listening. So uh, we're really excited. A little bit of a different episode where we don't really touch too much upon real estate, but I promise you the the value is there if you just listen all the way through. And without further ado, let's bring on Mark. Mark, welcome to the Freedom Fries Real Estate Podcast. Man, we are so excited to have you here today. We had a little bit of technical difficulty, right? But we're overcoming that and we are so appreciative of your time here tonight. And really just, we can't we can't wait to dive into some really cool topics and hear about your background and hear all the great things you've done. So I'll stop talking. Uh, I know Spiros and I are going to have a lot of questions for you. So Mark, just so tell the a, people I a little a, bit. I have a, I have a, before Mark starts, I have a quick joke. All right. All right. Go ahead. Joke. Spiros you, has been waiting for this all, all week, Mark. <laughs> What do you get when you have a Marine, an Army guy, and a Navy guy all in the same podcast? Technical you got me. Difficulties. Technical there difficulties. There you go. And, uh, yeah, that is very go. true. That's I an like original. That. That's an original. I like, I like it. But you guys can I like use it. it. All, all right. It is. It is. All right, Mark. Mark, floor is yours, man. Tell us about yourself. Well, guys, first of all, thank you for having me. You know, it's it's great to connect with fellow veterans like yourselves. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't know how to talk about myself too much, you know, but I, I grew up in South Florida. Miami is where I, I uh, was raised. I wasn't born there. I was born in New Jersey, but I know nothing about the place. I left when I was one. <laughs> uh, my family came here from Cuba. Uh, I was the first in my family born in the States. And uh, I've been Thank in you. the Marine Corps for the last uh, almost 20 years now. So I'm, I'm on my, my tail end of, of the journey. Um, and, and I should also state this for anybody who's watching. Everything I say from this point forward, it's my opinion. It's not the sure. Department of Defense's opinion or the Marine Corps' opinion. It's mine. Sure. Uh, just Absolutely. in case we get, we get hot and spicy in here. But... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, guys, like I, I've spent the last uh, almost 20 years as a Marine musician. I'm the director here uh, at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. And I originally came in as a saxophonist and then, man, a wild career. I've done a little bit of everything, uh, humanitarian aid in the Pacific for four months wow. on uh, on the USS Peleliu. I, I became a martial arts instructor in the Marine Corps. Uh, my journey got me into crazy paths like dog training outside of the military. And then I oh, became- here. That's uh, awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I just became like super passionate about that for almost, you know, 15 years. Uh, okay. I got involved in jujitsu. I now teach uh, every week. I'm here at a great school in uh, North Carolina called Legacy Jiu-Jitsu Academy. Okay. Um, yeah, and it's just been a wild twist and turn kind of career in life. So so I wonder, I wonder if a lot of people don't realize that you can be like an active duty musician in, in the I, armed yeah. forces, right? And that's right. probably not a well-known thing. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you this. When I decided to try out, because it's an audition process, it's extensive, it is not mm-hmm. easy at all to get a position. It basically, somebody has to leave for you to have a, even a chance to come in. Sure. And sure. I, uh, I was in high school when I joined. A lot of the musicians that are coming in today have degrees in music. You know, I'm a mm-hmm. high school graduate. I'm, right. I'm very much a made, you know, musician from the military music program. They sent me to That's school. Cool. Like, I mean, I've done so many amazing things. I performed for 90,000 people in the Philippines. That's, wow. like I, That's awesome. Everything you can imagine, right? Super Bowls and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, <laughs> but it is fascinating to me that at 18, I had no clue this existed. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, my grandfather passed away three months before I was graduating high school. And at that time, mm-hmm. I was looking at like seven different universities to go to, to go study. You know, I was, sure. I was active in sports. I was active in music. And I was kind of trying to figure out how to continue doing both. But I knew that music was going to be the thing that was going to pay for college. And, and I had a lot right. of offers, you know, to go to school. And three months before my grandfather passes, and then maybe two weeks after he passed away, a saxophone quintet walked into my high school band room. No and way. They, and I'm a saxophone player, right? So as right. soon as they walked in, everyone in the room just looked at me because they knew I was the most arrogant, mm-hmm. cocky-headed <laughs> little sax player. And, and when they walked in in uniform and they're holding these great instruments and you just assume immediately they must be amazing. Um, right. All I could think of was like, I could do that. You know, like <laughs> I, I, I felt almost, you know, a little bit of a challenge there. And then they started playing and they were phenomenal. You know, and, mm. and actually a, a little bit of a irony here. I just departed as the director at Paris Island, South Carolina. It was actually wow. that that band, that saxophone quintet. No way. To my band room 20 years no ago. No way. Oh so man, full director. circle. Yeah, yeah. I became the director for the group that literally got me in the door. But I never knew it was an option. And, you know, once I realized that just like anything in life, you know, once you have knowledge, now the question is, what are you going to do with it? And and now I had this in front of me and I said, this is a real possibility. Could I go to 13th grade? I could. Right. Or I could really go after a profession right. where I'm getting paid to do what I love. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to try out. I don't expect to get selected, but, you know, I'll gain some experience out of it. I'll go to college and then maybe one day I'll, I'll try again. I did the audition and two minutes into the audition, the um, his name was Mitch Martin. He was an awesome guy. He uh, he just cuts me off. And he goes, get out of the room. <laughs> what? And I'm like, two minutes? I got two minutes of playtime and I'm, I'm done. So I get out of the room. About 10 minutes later, he comes out with my recruiter. They shake hands and he says nothing to no, me. He just walks out of the office goodness. and leaves. And I'm like, man, I bombed. <laughs> 
this must have been terrible. My uh, my recruiter, who was a war hero, decorated mm-hmm. from uh, Iraq. I mean, I joined right after 9-11, and he had been part of the first tank battalion to go into wow. Iraq. And this guy walks out real stern looking, and he goes, I thought you told me you were good. <laughs> and I, I immediately knew, you know, that I, I, I must have right. failed. And so right. I kind of like, you know, hung my head a little bit. I, I was like, I thought I was okay, mm-hmm. you know. And he goes, I'm just oh, man. he wants to offer you a job. <laughs> what do you want to do, kid? And uh, and then the whole wow. world just, yeah. you know, immediate tunnel vision. What an awesome uh, feeling. That's yeah, awesome. A, a lot of people don't know it's a possibility. Sure. Uh, but, you know, the you guys know this. The military offers so many oh, um, yeah. opportunities. Yeah. If if you have the right ambition and, and you have the right head on your shoulders, you can really make an incredible life out of that. And there's a lot of sacrifices involved. Sure. But, um, in the end, I think that it was beyond the best dumb thing I ever <laughs> did because I didn't know better. Right. Uh, That's so, so cool. That's awesome. So yeah. cool. There's so much history rooted in military music and the leadership right. of troops right. and battles. I mean, if you go back to some of the Civil original War. battles right. that the Civil War and I mean, music had a much larger part than I think people nowadays realize that that aren't students of history, you know, so that's re- it's really incredible. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, I've never had a chance to speak with a professional military. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's, it's so cool. I cool. was at West Point for two years, Mark, and I'm sure you're familiar. West Point does a lot of uh, a lot of music yeah. and they have that. It's actually an, exi- an assignment there where you're stationed at West Point to do, uh, you know, the different things on the plane and they have different auditions. And, uh, you know, it was just really cool to see some of the, the shows that they put on and to see how much they kind of work in the background to kind of be to be a master at their craft, which I'm sure you're real familiar with. So a lot of props to you guys and everything that you do. I, I think as the public, we see the final product similar to sports, right? You see yeah. you see the final product, but you don't see the hours and hours and hours of reading music and rehearsing. So it is not easy. Trust me. I know. <laughs> so yeah, m- music, music is an interesting thing because um, it's the one thing I have in my entire right. life. The only thing I have ever come across, you know, maybe, uh, maybe combat might be equal to this in the, in this sense. In music, if you get 99% of it correct, mm-hmm. meaning you have a whole band together and everybody's allowed one mistake, it sounds like right. crap. And everybody see, and everybody like, hears and sees it. And everyone right. will right. know it, right? And so to a musician, like we're hypercritical to the point where a lot of times, you know, a musician will be like, oh, that performance sucked. And the audience is like, that was the greatest right. show I've ever right. seen. And, and, you know, I say that it's similar to like maybe a combat role because one mistake, right. not, For sure. not a good outcome, Absolutely. right? It's, yep. it's almost a zero default mentality. And that transfers to a lot of other parts of life. You know, I was mentioning that I got involved in dog training, mm-hmm. jujitsu, I was an MMA fighter. Oh, man. And like all this, this music stuff, it transfers over because the dedicated hours of practice, the, the focused effort, not just putting in effort, but the right effort, the strategy behind how you prepare yourself and the cooperation amongst you and all the other musicians, that stuff is is intangible in a way that it transfers to any other For sure. life. So. Uh, and, and, perfect transition before we get to your book, Mark, I have to talk to my, so my best friend in the Jag Corps, he's been trying to get me to do, do jujitsu for the last two years. So once I heard that you did jujitsu, I said, we ha- yeah. he, he listens to all our podcasts. He knows exactly who I'm talking about. Cause he's, he'll be listening. So he will not let me live with myself if I don't pick your brain a little bit about jujitsu. And if you tell a little bit about, yeah. uh, kind of how it's helped you in life and things like that. 
Well, I will tell you this. Uh, Jiu-jitsu is a very special yeah. topic with me because I didn't stop. So so let me let me back up a little bit. In the Marine Corps, we have this thing called the Marine Corps Martial Arts Program. We call it MCMAP. Mm -hmm. Everything has that acronym. Right, you know it. Right? And, and when I first joined, it was kind of new to the Marine Corps, but I was part of the initial, like I didn't know anything different. The Marines that came before me never had that. They had something called line training, which was kind of like this, everybody get online and execute the same techniques and a little more blocky. This yep. was a little more dynamic dynamic and kind of involved multiple arts, multiple martial arts, like Muay Thai, boxing, jujitsu, a little bit of a mix, and then a lot of weapons and combatives, um, you know, fighting weapon against no weapon, knife versus no knife, pistol retention, you know, that kind of stuff is a lot in the McMap program. So I became an instructor for the Marine Corps in the Marine Corps martial arts program. And pretty quickly, I got a little bit, I don't know, jaded about the program because I was looking for feeling like I could defend myself right. and everybody sure. around me. That's what I was really looking for. And what I really discovered quickly the first time I met somebody who did jujitsu was that like a white belt of six months, some, some dad who sits on the couch can really handle right. the majority of people out mm -hmm. there because he's been training for six months. Yeah. But I'm over here in the Marines and I'm struggling against that dude. Right. And right. so the reason I tell you, it's a little bit of a special topic for me is because back in 2010, in fact, I was stationed at exactly this, wow. this space. Yeah. This is where I was at the time. Um, I had a life-saving, uh, spinal surgery. Wow. I had a, a big accident in Thailand. Uh, they didn't, I had a double compound fracture in my hand and they saved my finger, but they didn't check anything. Cause I was in a Thai hospital mm -hmm. and I get back to the States. And about a year later, I get a second degree burn on my right leg and I couldn't fathom like how it happened because I it was in a shower what? and I tested the water with my foot. It felt fine. I went to get in and all of a sudden I got no hurt. way and I couldn't understand how the heck it was possible. Right. Like what, what yeah. was my brain right. doing? So I get right. to the hospital and they did this thing called a scrape test where they basically tell you to look away and then they scrape the bottom of your foot and they keep scraping until you tell them that you can mm -hmm. feel it. Well, by the time I felt it, they were at my name. No way. On my right. On the. Yeah. And so I look at I look at the lady and she's like, are you telling me that you didn't feel that all the way until we got to your stomach? What? And I said, I didn't feel anything. Wow. She said, son, you got, you, you have more than a burn here. Something is wow. wrong. Well, thank God. I, you know, I was immediately taken out of the military medicine program and sent to uh, Eastern Carolina university. Right. Um, and I had a lot of testing done over months and they couldn't figure out what was going on, but I had no feeling on my right side. And finally, wow. uh, Eastern Carolina conferred with Duke university. Mm -hmm. And he, they happen to have one of the top neurosurgeons yep. in the country. I think he was top yep. 10. And he discovered that I had a disc that was just out of place enough to sever my spinal cord over time. Goodness. So in my thoracic spine, my T4 and 5, which is above the heart and lungs, right. I was having my spinal cord slowly severed. My goodness. And I didn't wow, even know that's it. That's insane. <laughs> so why I share all that with you, and, and we'll get into jiu right. is because uh, when they discovered what was wrong, I was on the base which is about two hours away from where I had the surgery. Mm -hmm. And uh, a Red Cross truck drove <laughs> onto the field that I was training mm -hmm. on. And they basically like called my name on a bullhorn. And everybody around me is pointing to the guy who's on the ground. And I get up and I'm going, what's going on? And they're like, get in this vehicle, this ambulance. Mm -hmm. We have an operation, an OR prep. Wow. You're going to have life-saving spinal surgery right now. We need to stabilize your neck and all that. And I'm like, what is <laughs> happening? So I have this surgery in 2000. 
2010, January. Okay. I was told, hey, you're, you're done. Yeah. Your military career is over. Um, like, we got to make sure you're good for life at this point. Like, you're going to do rehab and months. They, I think they said 10 months before I could even really start rehab. Jeez. So now I'm depressed. I'm 24, I think, something like 24 years old, I, I believe I was. I, I'm thinking my career's over and all everything I knew as an athlete was gone. And I run into a guy on base who was wearing a jacket and it said fighters market. And I, I remember vividly, it was at a Dunkin' Donuts on base. And I said, hey, where, where's that store? Is that here in town? And he goes, no, no, this is a, a company I buy equipment from online. And I said, what kind of equipment are you buying? And he goes, oh, you know, sparring equipment, jujitsu, geese, things like that. And I said, where where do you use that? And he says, here on base, we have a fight team for Camp Lejeune. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. I said, can I, come, can I come watch? And he goes, of course, you're more than welcome to come by anytime. It turned out the facility they trained at was 20 seconds from the building I worked at. Wow. Every day. I just didn't wow. know they were there. So this is about 35 days after this emergency spinal surgery. I'm now sitting in the bleachers during my lunch, <laughs> watching the Marine Corps the Marine Corps wrestling That's team awesome. and the Camp Lejeune fight team. I'm just watching right. them. And after another 30 days, so it's now two months removed from serious mm -hmm. surgery, I go to the head instructor who was a, a Lance Corporal, young, like young dude, mm -hmm. professional fighter before he joined the wow. Marines. And he was wow. the jujitsu instructor mm -hmm. for this fight team. And I went up to him and I said, hey, look, I just had this crazy surgery, but I really love what I'm watching and I just really want to learn this. And he goes, you know what? I'm going to train with you. I will put no pressure on your body. We're going to go as comfortably as you go. I will show you techniques. We will not grapple. Mm -hmm. We're just going to take it really, really easy. And we'll just see how things hmm. go. Well, we do that two months right. after the surgery. We're doing this now, right? And I'm only training. His name is David Porter, one of the greatest guys I've ever met. He's now, uh, I believe, in Virginia. He's a black belt. Wow. And he has a school. Academy, That's so cool. And he's an amazing guy. He was a, a, and he's a combat infantry wow. man, like a war hero. Really has my highest respect. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, a month later, now we're three months removed from the surgery. I'm kind of mm -hmm. catching a little momentum with him, you know, like I'm feeling okay. Right. One more month passes <laughs> and I'm feeling like I can kind of go. <laughs> and then one day he walks in and says, hey guys, great news. I just got funding for anyone on this team who wants to go compete at a jujitsu tournament. So I'm not even five months from surgery mm -hmm. and I'm like, I'm in, let's go. I'm, 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 I'm I all love in, it. let's do it. I love it. Yeah. Mind you, this is the war if there's a young military member listening to this yeah don't yeah this, <laughs> it's like everything <laughs> the doctors do tell you not to do mark's doing it <laughs> everything i did right opposite, right right 24 and sure dumb, right so i go i go to the tournament i enter in the no gi division which means i'm not wearing a, a traditional kimono okay. and i entered in two two categories i entered in my weight class category and the open division open means you can fight against anyone of any wow. weight class mm -hmm. and and guess what ends up happening? <laughs> In my weight class, I lose my first match and automatically I'm okay. Out. It was like one and done. So I'm like, dang, man, that sucks. But I still have the open class right. coming up. Sure. I, get, I get in the open class. I win my first match by submission to a guy that was about my size. I win my next match to a small dude who was like five foot seven, like 150 right. pounds. And I win by points. I didn't even submit him. I just won mm -hmm. by points. And now I find out my next match is for the gold medal. Mm. So I'm like, great. Who am I fighting? <laughs> this 350 pound guy. <laughs> He's six. 
He's six five. I'm six foot two. Okay. He's six five three. Oh my pounds. goodness! <laughs> no he, way. Here's the best part. I today weigh one. Oh man. Back then, I weighed one seventy. Right. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, l- lanky. So anyway, I fight this dude. I end up losing by one. Wow. Point, and it was one. Literally, it was the takedown. The original right. takedown. He. I couldn't stop sure. the takedown, and I wasn't savvy enough. So anyway, long story short, the guy held, holds me for the next yeah. five minutes right. so that I wouldn't reverse the position. He wins by a mm-hmm. point, and I stand up, and I'm like proud. Absolutely, because I'm like, yeah. man, I just won silver in my first. That's awesome. In the open. Right. This guy has his hands on his knees, he's dying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he got the gold. That's medal, awesome. You know? So I send the medal, I send that medal to my surgeon. No way. With a handwritten What? That's so cool. You saved my life. That's so cool. You saved my life. Like I can continue my service. This guy calls me. I'll never forget it. His name is Dr. Sharts is his last Uh name. He calls me and yells at me worse than any drill instructor (laughs) in the Marine Corps has ever yelled at me. I believe it. (laughs) The surgery... The surgery was almost 11 hours. Whoa. And he's like, you ruined my work, blah, blah, blah. You're going to be a cripple. Wow. Like he is pissed right. off. He calls my command. <laughs> no way. All of this. And so my command calls me and says, they're going to test you to make sure you didn't. They, let, let's see how bad the damage right. is. And then we're going to kick you out because you can't right. serve any. If you're injured, you right. can't serve anymore. And right. you lost all your benefits. Whoa. Because you chose to fight when you were on orders not to do holy cow so i basically ruined everything for myself i go to dr shartz he does the testing and he says keep your phone by you in the next day or two i'll have the results you know then we're gonna have to figure out how to manage your life right that's what he says (laughs) holy cow so i'm at work two days later and he calls me and i answer the phone and he says are you sitting down and i just break into tears i'm just crying hysterically and he goes, stop crying. We need to talk. I want to run a lot of tests on you because I have never in my 37 years of doing this procedure seen anything like this. You have not just recovered. Hell yeah. You have layers of muscle. That's awesome. You should have no cartilage. Mm-hmm. The cartilage was totally tight. And so he said, what did you do that would cause you to recover? You were doing light jujitsu. I didn't. I said, I didn't do anything different in my nutrition, in my sleep, nothing. Just this was the addition. And he goes, I don't understand it, but we need to figure it out. That's cool. And you know, in my mind, you know, I I thank God every day because truly it could have gone the other way. That's why I'd say nobody should have done this, right? But what I really realized is that in jujitsu, right, we grab a lot. Mm -hmm. And we pull a lot. And a lot of that pulling is happening up in the upper torso, in the upper back. Okay. Sure. And so what I realized was is little by little, I was just strength right. training the area that I had the surgery. And, you know, ever since then, I I, I just knew, like, number one, this thing might have saved yeah. my life. Jiu-Jitsu may have... Yeah with the grace of God sure. of all, but this could have really been the thing. And then secondly, I knew that I could never be the same. And this has changed me in a way, both spiritually, mentally, that I can't go back now, sure. right? So I, yeah. I'm always about the gospel of Christ and the gospel yeah. of Jesus. That's awesome. Those are the two things that I love to talk that's about. That's so yeah. cool, man. That's a, that's a fantastic story. I really appreciate you sharing it. And I know everybody I talk to about jujitsu, they just have nothing but awesome things to say about it and how it's such a good brotherhood and how it's, uh, you know, so rewarding again in there so i i promise sooner or later i'm, I'm gonna put, put my toe in there and try i just gotta i gotta get off the bench and actually take some action and try to do it <laughs> you so do. And so if I mark get, I, 
Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. So I was just going to say to give you a, just a small piece of advice, make sure you you're, you know, it's hard yeah. unless you have what you say, you have friends yeah. anyway, follow, follow what school they're yeah. at. Um, you know, there are not every school. Is right. Great. I'm just going to, yeah, no, definitely. You. There's a lot of just like, like yeah, CrossFit, for right? sure. Like CrossFit blows up and some box CrossFit places are like, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. Recommending you know, crazy and workouts and crazy technique. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I mean is the culture, right. you know, like as military members, we understand 100%. culture really well and, and brotherhood, but there's some gyms where it's like a hundred percent every night grind mm-hmm. hard. And that's just not a good right. idea. You won't make right. it right. Helio Gracie, who's the founder of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, Carlos and Helio Gracie, kind of the two godfathers of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Those guys were doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu till their death. That's crazy. 98 that's years so old. That's so awesome. <laughs> you know, but there's young guys today who train every day grinding hard and they wonder why in five right. years they're having trouble closing their right. hands because yeah. they're doing it the For wrong sure. way. So just be cautious. Appreciate that. that. Yeah. Thank you, brother. So I'm listening to you, Mark, and, and I want to kind of dig a little deeper into Mark Payone, right? I'm listening to a couple of things that are different. One, I'll just throw some things out there. You don't just play the saxophone. You're like a military saxophone professional. You're not just that. You're the director, you know, at a, a Marine Corps base. And, and you know what I'm saying? Like, then I hear you say that, you know, you get into jujitsu, then you're competing for a gold medal, right? You're not just participating in things. You're you're very quickly rising to the top, right? And, and what I want to ask you is like, where does that come from? Where does that come from? And how would you tell somebody who's listening, who feels like, man, I'm not really good at anything, or I just don't, like, I don't know what, I don't know what to do. I'm bored, you know, like give, give them some of Mark. How do you, where, where does that come from, man? That rising to the top every time you, you get into something. Yeah. This is, this is something that the book like really made me really think a lot about, right? Because I think that when I was writing the book, I, I had the person in mind that you're talking about. I, I Everybody has heard that cliche that you either have it or you don't. And I believed it my whole life. I believed that that was a true statement. I, I don't believe that to be a true statement anymore. And I especially think that there's a lot of people who struggle with that because they do end up believing it at some point. And if they feel like, man, you know, I don't I don't feel like I have that thing that I am good at or, or they don't know what path they need to go down. Yeah. You know, they yeah. struggle with taking like the first step. And here's what I would say, like number one, one, I feel like we have to ask ourselves the right questions. And there's a lot of people who I think are struggling because they don't know what questions to ask. And I will say that that in and of itself is a really important thing for anybody. Sometimes asking the right questions means we have to get out of our own space. Meaning, I, I let's take me, I, I don't know where I'm going yet in life. I, I don't know what skill sets I have to offer to the world, but I know there's something in me that I really need to explore and I just don't know what that is. There's a lot of ways that we can get to the, to the root of that, right? Number one, I would say go to the people who love you and know you the best and ask them, what do you see in me that might be special? You know, what sure. do you see that is a quality that I have of some, whatever nature that maybe I need to explore deeper because I just don't know which direction to go right now. And you'll find that a lot of people who really care about you and know you the best will say, you know, uh, Spiros, like you're really authentic. You're a person who really is like caring about what people have to say. You know, maybe you need to explore 
expanding messages. Maybe you need to explore connecting people, uh, sure. exploring new thoughts and ideas, thought leadership. Those people might just plant seeds of, of information that you got to go down the rabbit hole. The, the next, and then I'll say even aside from people who know you and care about you, a coach, a mentor would be a great thing for somebody who feels like they don't know which way to go. Yeah. Because sometimes we need that complete outsider perspective where they they peel the onion back and they go, okay, this is what I'm seeing and let's get after this. And they give you a little bit of unbiased, you know, a little constructive there. criticism. <clears throat> yeah. And, and, and I think that that's very valuable. So a mentor slash coach, and then the people that know you the best, that's the best place to start figuring out what to explore. Then the next hurdle, I think, for a lot of people and myself included, is you got to get over this idea that maybe you don't possess the skill or maybe you're going to fail. And then you don't take the first step because of fear of failure or fear that you won't be able to achieve something. That, that in and of itself, I think, is a skill and an art that when you start to accomplish little things... You start to build a repertoire of, I accomplished X, Y, and Z. I don't know if I can do A yet because A is in the future, but I know I've done X, Y, and Z. So I can have some confidence that A is accomplished or A is possible. Sure. Now, I, I would say that, you know, and, and as a matter of fact, that exact formula is exactly what I outline in the chapter about confidence and charisma. You know, how does somebody build confidence? You have to achieve over and over and over in small ways until you start start to take a bite of something a little bigger, more ambitious. Right. And then, you know, that thing's going to be a little scary, right? When you're a high school kid and let's say you're a freshman and you really want to ask out the girl who's a senior, yep. like that's intimidating as can sure. be. But when you're, but when you're 22 or 23 and you got a little more experience, you know, communicating with the ladies or whatever, all of a sudden a 30 year old isn't that intimidating, right? Like all of right. a sudden, maybe <laughs> like it, it, your perspective changes from the age of 10 to 15 from 15 to 25, from 25 to 30, and so on and so on. And what I mean is you got to kind of stack little wins, little victories, so that you can believe in that big mountain that is ahead of you that you're not quite sure that you can climb. But if you look behind you, the answer to the future is there. Yeah, that's, you know? so that's, that, that's what I that's so powerful, Mark. And I think especially, you know, personally speaking, with the this day and age that, uh, you know, technology and social media and you you're always put people these successful people are always put in front of you and you see people who are at the top but you don't see the daily little wins here and there so yeah. i think it's so important to just daily just like you said take a look back and look where you've gone in the last five ten years look how much better you've become look at the all the little victories that have gotten you to the position to the place you are today i mean look per personally speaking i you know if i didn't ever you know we talk about real estate a lot in this podcast as real estate has been such an accelerator for me in, in my life. I would never be where I am today if I didn't have, uh, you know, my military investments, my uh, my real estate investments that have a allowed me to kind of, you know, branch out and do different things in life. Um, but I'm always I'm caught in that same mentality that you talk about, Mark. I'm like, I'm always looking. To, I want to be at the top of the hill, but I don't take time to appreciate all the little things that come along with that. So that's that's super powerful. And for those who are who are watching and listening. 
Mark is too biased, uh, you know, to say, but he is he is an author as well. Okay, so on top of all the other great things, Mark is an author, and you can get his book. Uh, you won't get it until you get it. I think where where can you buy that, Mark? On Amazon, anywhere that they sell books. Yep, it's on Amazon. You can get it on Barnes. And yeah, Barnes. anywhere that they sell um, books, Mark. I want to talk a little bit about the book if you don't mind. I've always wanted to write a book. Yeah. Uh, one, my a couple questions. One, like, how did you find the time to write a book? And two, how? Yeah, like we're so busy these days. I don't even know how you find the time. And <laughs> you're like, I, I didn't. Write. And I didn't. I didn't just more importantly, <laughs> how did you? Like, how did you get the thoughts? I'm, th- I'm. This is a selfish conversation for myself, honestly. Like, I can't yeah, wait. To I can't. Like, I have the thoughts in my head, but I can't even begin to think about putting them on the on a piece of paper. So that's honestly my. I just don't like how the process goes. For, I can't wait to share. This <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Honestly, like the book came out earlier this year, and it started, you know, over a year ago at this point. And now is the only time I'm looking in the rear view mirror, like processing all of this. So I'm, I'm about to lay it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So this is how the world works, right? Like if you, if you open, you crack a door open and you take a peek, all of a sudden you can kind of see what's back there. And if you get a little interested, you maybe crack the door a little more open and you might find yourself walking through a door and you're going, I didn't mean to Mm -hmm. do that. And that's exactly what happened to me in a way. So I I had met a great, he's like a brother to me now at this point, a great and a mentor. Uh, His name is Zachary Green. He's an author as well of a book called Warrior Entrepreneur. He's a veteran himself. He basically turned himself into a multimillionaire from Lance Corporal to multimillionaire. And he is just like a Marine brother till the day I die, right? I run into Zach because he has a veterans event that he's trying to host. And he says, hey, Mark, I need some help kind of figuring out how to get a Marine band involved in this so I can honor these Vietnam veterans the right way. I said, no problem. This is what I do every day, right? So let's sit down for a brunch and I'll show you a couple of options of how the Marine band can be a part of this. And then we'll just kind of take it from there. So what happens every time two military guys get together? <laughs> what do we do? We make something happen. Technical <laughs> difficulties. We just yeah, technical technical difficulties and we yeah. make something happen out of nothing. And we just start sharing right, the stories. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, back yeah. when I was over yep. here and oh man, when I was over. So we start doing that. And Zach says, you know what, Mark? You got some amazing stories. Yeah. You really should think about writing a book. He said that and I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like that. And then we're getting close to the end of the the lunch or whatever. We're getting ready to say goodbye. And he goes, I expect to see your book in six months. Hmm. And he wasn't smiling. And and I'm like, okay, sure, Mm -hmm. Zach, you know. So I go, I go back, I'm driving home and Marines are a little, out of respect, guys, Marines are a little different. (laughs) We crayons... Like we're, no, we're, we stop. We'll, it, we'll right? put this in real slow stop. motion for all the Marines here. So no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we like we kind of we have a different culture in a way where like when a brother says something like no. that, so we kind of take it a little bit to sure. heart, and we're like, man, did he just did he just? Yeah, yeah. Me? I can't. I can't. He gave you. He gave you a call to action, man. He, you got to do it. He he did. He did. So I get home from literally a 15 minute drive. And I'm like, you know what? I'm probably not going to write a book, but I'll sit down, take my computer out and I'll write a story, Mm -hmm. just one, you know, and see what happens. Let me just see what that looks like. So I sat down and I said, I don't know what the heck I'm going to write about. And I said, what's the first thing that comes to my mind from my career? Just random Mm -hmm. thought, right? And I started typing. And 20 minutes later, I had 40... 300. No way. <laughs> That's awesome. One story. One, one story. Right. And I'm like, oh man. Well, and in fairness, my wife will tell you I can, I can talk <laughs> 4,300 words without, you know what I mean? 
but but for me it was kind of sure. shocking because i'm not a, i don't consider myself a writer mm-hmm. I, I you know i'm a high school grad i closed the computer didn't think anything of it but i was a little bit intrigued by the fact that i was able to write that much off the top of my mind a week and a half later zach sends me a text message he goes mark this is the program i used to write my book the warrior entrepreneur and i click on the link and it's a program called the Manuscripts Program by Professor Eric Custer. It, he's out of Georgetown uh, University in DC, I believe that is. And um, he, he has an online program where it's basically a college course where you take zero idea and turn it into your first manuscript of a book. It's not your book, right. but it's your first manuscript. And I was like, wow, that's kind of interesting. It was a $1,000 course. So now I go to my wife and I show it to her and I'm like, well, you know, it's kind of interesting. I'm not even close to thinking I'm going to do this yet. Right. But but as I started thinking about it, I said, you know, why am I not really thinking about doing this? And I and I knew the answer. I'm too busy. I don't got time. Yep. What would I write about? Right. Who's going to read it? Am I even worthy of writing a book? <laughs> like all of that instant right. thought. Right? Right. A different mentality that hit me out of nowhere. In the Marine Corps, I think you guys do this too, but in the Marine Corps, we have to write fitness reports on all of our Marines. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's 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 a means of helping them, you know, either get promoted or right. not. A couple of years ago, my dear best friend in the world is his name is Andres Navarro. He's a chief warrant officer four, uh, and he's a mentor of mine. He helped me become an officer in the Marine Corps. He gave me a low grade on my writing skills. Actually, technically speaking, it's a the category is communication. And it's oral and in writing is what they're grading. Okay. And that was the only low grade I got on the entire report. Everything else was like astronomical. Right. And I walked into his office and I was like, what the <laughs> heck? I'm like your top yeah. guy. I'm the best guy you've got. How are you going to give me a, a B or a C right. on this when I deserve F is F is like almost the highest you can get. It's, I know it's a little backwards. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it makes sense. So... <laughs> but uh, he, he was the first to really explain to me like, look, you can speak the talk and, and you, you have good verbiage and you have zeal and you can communicate well that way, but your writing sucks. Mm. So I'm thinking about that now, seven years later as an officer, and I'm like, man, people's careers are in my hand when I'm writing their reports. Mm. And I said, you know what? I need to pay a thousand dollars out of my pocket to do this simply to just become a better writer. Right. Sure. That, that was, that was it. And so I said, you know what? I'm doing it. I did not understand. Hmm. Just like when I came into the Marine Corps and I was auditioning and I didn't understand what that really meant. I didn't really understand what this meant. When I tell you this was maybe the hardest work I've done in the last 20 years, it was hard. But here's here's why it happened. The program is very incremental. So anybody can Mm -hmm. do it. All you have to do is take baby steps one at a time. And eventually you're, you're running full speed. And it was like an hour a week here. And then eventually that turned into two hours because I had an hour class plus an hour with an editor. Mm. Then eventually it was five hours a week because I had to do some homework for my editor. Sure. <laughs> and eventually it was 10, 10 freaking it's a part-time a job, <laughs> right? It was, it was absolutely. And, but it was different than a part-time job because it was, right. Mine. It was like, I'm the CEO. Mm-hmm. And everything that I'm doing is a reflection of who I am now. And so I had no choice. I was fully committed awesome. at that point. And I had to I had to dive deeply, you know. And and so bottom line is God led me to the right, right. people. Those people 
gave me a, a, a seed of thought. I prayed about it. I took a small step, then a little bit bigger step, a little bit bigger. And eventually what ends up happening is that you find yourself in a place you could have never imagined yourself being. And then you got the hard decision. Are you committed now? Or are you going to back out before it gets too scary? And I'll be honest with you, there was multiple moments where I was like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. What am I doing? Who am I right. to write a book? Mm-hmm. You know, right. imposter sure. I, I thank God every day that this happened because when it was done and I held it in my hand for the first time. I remember looking at it. It's got yeah. my name on it. But I remember I remember thinking, I don't even know who the heck wrote this. <laughs> I don't know that I wrote this. Sure. And I and I mean that I, I eventually I sure. realized, you know, I think God brought me through this process, gave me those words, and now they're on paper for someone. Right. And I don't know what's going to happen with it, but you know, I'm that's proud of so it. powerful, man. That's that's such an awesome story. And I and I know we talk a lot of real estate on this show, but what you're saying relates to so many different aspects in life. And you know, right. it's just a matter of jumping in and taking those small wins every single day, and and putting your heart towards something, whether it's writing a book, whether it's investing, whether it's uh, being in the band, whether it's being in jujitsu, it's just being there, being present, going after it, and kind of the rest will, you know, work itself out. Which obviously it it, it obviously has, right? We have a hard copy book here in my hand, which is so awesome, man. That's fantastic. Really, really honored to, to discuss that with you, Spiros. Did you have something? I know I, I was cutting you off. I'm sorry. No, I, I'll be honest with you, man. I'm sitting here having this conversation, and I'm like, how are we going to shut this? Yeah, I know this inside the, of an hour because I I, I could, could sit here and talk to you guys till tomorrow I can, morning. I can't. Mark, tell us a little bit. Um, I don't. Do you do real estate? Do you do any kind of investing like that? Guys, you know, um, because of the conference in Vegas, you know, I'm really, really interested. I'm starting a a financial boot camp right now with Buddy Rushing. And, uh, you know, I I have a a little bit longer plan. I think some people, when they get hot and heavy in this, you know, they're they're attacking speed. I I can't, I don't have the ability to attack like that right now, but I'm planting a lot of groundwork right now. You know, my goal is becoming financially free. Uh, I'm going to learn a lot of skill sets through this, you know, Veterans for Financial Freedom and the the boot camp program that they've got. My goal is to raise, you know, I'm trying to raise $50,000 of equity over the next year. I'm trying to do public speaking and, you know, book for that. Uh, once I have that equity, mm-hmm. then my goal is to start to get into the real estate. I'm trying to learn about wholesaling awesome. right now. Awesome. And, and I think, you know, the, the reality is it's just another avenue where I can take a lot of what I already am very, very talented and good at and have invested oh, for in already sure. and start to, to learn the nuances of real estate. Of course, it's a massive endeavor, right. but there's a lot of transcendent qualities that I already know I'm bringing to that. Even though I haven't accomplished sure. anything, I can have some kind of confidence to say that if I commit myself to that, I'll, I'll, I'll I mean, that. your, your resume speaks for itself when you, you know, when you get to the point where you start want to start working with some other folks and you say, listen, look at all the things I've accomplished. I'm not saying I'm an expert at this field, but when I put my mind towards something, I'm dedicated. I, you know, I get results. So absolutely. You're speaking, speaking to the choir and that's, that's really powerful. And that's uh sometimes that's more than having the experience in of itself in a specific area. I mean, at least for me, you know, I would feel comfortable um, in that situation. Sp- Spiros, I'm sorry. I cut you off again. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, Mark, just a bit of encouragement for you. I mean, Mike and I are, Mike's probably furthest along in his real estate journey. I'm, I'm uh, right behind him, but just as a bit of encouragement for you. I mean, we're encouraged by your process of taking the first step, taking the next step, taking a few steps, and then looking back and saying, man, I'm six, seven steps Mm -hmm. ahead of where I started. Um, So dude, you, you know, I'm giving you a taste of your own medicine. (laughs) Like, 
take the little steps. That's all I'm saying is it doesn't have to be, you know, I know, I know we get rah, rah sometimes and we're like, take action, be bold, get out there, you know, go buy something. I I get that. And that's all good, but just take any step. Um, and, and I think, I think you're going to be, well, look at your track record. Like Mike said, you're going to, you're going to obviously be successful. So hopefully that's a bit of encouragement. Plus you got two brothers right here that would partner with you on anything. (laughs) And that's, and we're trying to, we're trying to, um, with this podcast, we're trying to build a bit of a, a family of people that have all different kinds of diverse experiences yeah. rooted in maybe some military service, rooted in some interest in real estate, but more than anything, just rooted in that community. I mean, at my day job, you know, I have a sales team that reports to me and I always tell them we're not selling anything. We're in the relationship business. We're trying to learn about people. We're trying to learn about their stories. And that's what this podcast is all about is trying to dig out from people who they are in the inside, in their stomach and in their heart and in their mind and 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 how they go about accomplishing things and today quite honestly has been a masterclass on everything we all need to hear not only for real estate or for military service or faith i mean it's a masterclass in just about life it's about being human and 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 uh and how to do it step by step mark and i just want to echo that too i mean you're in fantastic hands you've you know obviously been talking with buddy rushing and you've been down to the conference and whatnot so everything he's doing obviously Spiros and I are a member of the community and he's just been fantastic and he just does nothing but positive things for everybody who's around him. So, and like Spiro said, I definitely echo that, man. Anytime you need anything, we're here to help. And, you know, we've created a little circle and hopefully by the time you start getting going, we have a little bit of a bigger community here with the podcast. And it's uh, like we envision it's just us normal people, a lot, a lot with uh, military backgrounds talking and who want to get financially free so we can uh, spend our day jobs on a beach somewhere and not, you know, answer phone calls and text messages and and showing up to meetings. There are a lot of people talking and nobody saying anything. So, uh, yeah, man yeah, absolutely I, I, I can feel yeah. that i can feel that absolutely yeah I, i'll tell you this one of the things that i got out of that vegas conference that is never going to leave my soul ever i was talking to buddy about why mm-hmm. i'm doing all of this cuz I, I paid out of my own pocket to go to that conference i paid out of my own pocket like 2 3 weeks later to go to another one in salt lake city utah yeah. um, to have an opportunity to learn and, and it was called the battle collective and uh, I, i'm telling you i have been deep in a sort of tension uh, and in deep prayer and, and, and begging my wife to tell me to stop in some ways, because, because <laughs> I don't know where it's sure. going, right? I don't know if the, the, the investment is worth it. I don't know what's going to be the payout. Right. And, and I'll tell you, I talking with buddy, my book, um, all of the profits to my book go to a cancer charity <laughs> called tap. That's cancer. so awesome. And I, I've spent, I've spent more than $8,000 just to make mm-hmm. it and getting it out to the public. Okay. And I've made nothing and I won't make anything. And so I say that because I've been in a bit of a, a battle with myself and I've had a lot of people be like, hey, listen, reconsider it, you know, take some of that equity right. so that you can pay yourself so you can keep doing it. And sure. I said, I know, I know that's the smart mm-hmm. thing. But I, I think that the God thing is that I have to put myself in a position of total faith, yeah. here, which by the yep. way is chapter five. Mm-hmm. You got to have yeah. faith. Chapter five. But I say that because I was talking to Buddy and I explained this to him and he totally understood my position, you know, where I need equity to invest, but I'm not making equity because I'm having to invest it to, you know, and uh, he, I I said, I'm trying to make the money so I can make a difference. Mm -hmm. And he says, 
he says, then then you're on the right. Oh track, wow, that's powerful. Right? You you can only make you can only make so much mm-hmm. money before you have to make a right. difference. That's and right. uh, and that's what you know. That's where I'm hoping to get to. You know, my goal is I hope that before I retire, which will be at the end of probably end of 2026, I think I'm going to call it a day, and that'll be 23 years or so, 24 years. Um, I, I'm hoping that I can transition out. My family is going to be in a good state financially, mm-hmm. and that I can really take off from there because I I'll tell you, like 150,000 people die every mm-hmm. day. Your age, my age, young, old. The only thing that's going to matter is what we do, right. what our legacy, what our legacy could Absolutely. be, and our names will be forgotten. We're a vapor, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And for me, I'm I'm only looking for one thing. I want to make an impact in the world. I want to do something for people. I want to serve them, and and I want them to know why I do it, which is because God calls me to do it. And if that happens, and I die tomorrow, then my life was completely worth it. And you know, all the goals and the little mini obstacles and all that stuff—that's just the part of the story. That's the dash in the dates. As they for say. sure man that's that, so, amen um, yeah there's not there's nothing we can say that's going to top that so i'm not even going to attempt to to say that so mark from the bottom of my heart for, and i know i speak for spiros as well we cannot thank you enough brother man this has been a fantastic 50 minutes like spiros said i can if it wasn't so late at night we could go all night and talk for, talk about anything you have uh you have you are part of our family now so if you need anything please don't hesitate to reach out uh i'm going to finish this book and i'll shoot you a text when I finish it so you know that I so I have read all the chapters and uh we we look forward to having you back on in about a year or so so we can get an update and uh see see all the great things you're doing and hopefully working towards the end of that retirement there in the service no doubt guys thank you again I really appreciate you and I and I just appreciate who you guys are you know fellow brothers and yes sir and uh if I same same goes appreciate if I can do anything for you appreciate it Mark uh thank you for your service Spiros thank you for your service happy Veterans Day this coming up this weekend guys and I'm sure I won't talk to you before then so enjoy your weekend enjoy veterans day and i I thank you both i'll see you soon all right guys have a great one thanks for tuning in to the freedom fries podcast join mike and spiros next time as they bring more real talk about real estate investing highs and lows freedom fries is focused real estate investing for epic success